When you're flying over Kampala, you will notice some things, but there are specific deep things that you will not be able to see. We are going to fly over these two chapters. We will have a jet tour through chapter 9 and chapter 10 of Genesis. And so what that means is we are going to see the big, big things but we will beg you that for the small, small, tiny details, please spend time with these chapters later on your own. When you fly over Genesis chapter 9 and Genesis chapter 10, you are flying over these two chapters. There are three grand themes or three grand sections that you will notice. And that is why the title for our sermon today is Three Themed Tour. We are having a tour over Genesis 9 and Genesis 10 and we notice three major sections, three major themes. And that is why the title of our sermon is Three Themed Tour. What are the three themes that you will notice when you tour these chapters? The first theme or the first section is a fresh start. A fresh Start. That's in Genesis 9, verse 1 through verse 17. Genesis, uh-huh. Genesis 9, 1 through 17. You, you will notice a you will notice a fresh start. What's the second section of the second theme? The second section presents to us a foolish son. A foolish son. From Genesis 9, verse 18 to verse 29. Genesis 10, verse 1 through 32. Give us the last section of the last theme. It is a family-driven subjugation. Don't worry about those terms. I will explain them when you get there. If you're writing notes, family-driven is one word separated by a hyphen. So family driven means they this is these are things led by the family, family driven subjugation. Subjugation, we will explain that when we get there, but it's S U B J. U G A T I O N. Kakati abaulira echo ruzungu, bwemutu mchinyo, aboruganda tuga matino, 
agafuga okufuga chechitegeze chigambo cha badanyonyola mu bigambo webityo so let's consider these three themes together. And trust that the Lord will speak to us in the few minutes that we have. The first theme that we notice is a fresh start. Only eight people went onto the ark and eight people came out of the ark. Noah and his wife and three of their sons and their wives. All there were eight people. They entered the ark and God sent the rain. And the rain killed everyone else outside the ark. So when Noah and his wife and his children and his uh, daughters-in-law stepped out of the ark, they were the only people in the planet. This was a new beginning. It was a fresh start. Listen, all of us seated in this room are all children of Adam and we are also all children of Noah. When Noah and his children stepped out of the ark, there was no one else in the world. It was just the eight of them. So this was a beginning of some sort. It was it was a fresh start. Now the Bible obviously is a book of beginnings so that doesn't surprise us. But there was another beginning before this. When God created the first two people he created Adam and he created Eve and there was a beginning at that point. When we look at this beginning in chapter 9 and consider the beginning in chapter 1 and 2 of Genesis there are features we notice are similar and features we notice are different we notice four similar features and two different features. God says something to Noah that he had said to Adam. So in this new beginning, in this new start, we notice something that was there in the in the initial beginning with Adam that is going to be there even with this beginning with Noah. Number one, propagation. It's gonna be propagation. And, it, and it's a blessing from the Lord. Because in verse 1 of chapter 9, so God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And he repeats that in verse 7. He says, And as for you, be fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply in it. Propagation in the first beginning and propagation in this beginning with Noah. I think because this is Father's Day, it's a befitting thing to say that propagation or procreation is a gift from the Lord. It's a blessing from the Lord. 
Propagation is a gift, it's a blessing that God gave humanity. That we can propagate, we can procreate, we can multiply. We can give birth to children. God blessed Adam with that and God blessed Noah with that. Procreation is a blessing. Procreation is a gift. Children are a gift. Children are a blessing. The other day, uh, you know, Pastor Shannon and I were in Gulu for a wedding. And there was a pastor in that Anglican church that was reminding the two guys getting married that children are a are a gift. The Bible says in Psalm 127 that children are a blessing from the Lord. He was reminding them the Bible says children, not boys. The Bible does not say boys are a blessing from the Lord. It says children, whether boys or girls, children are a blessing that needs to go into our African years I am an African and I know that sometimes we behave as though only boys are a gift from the Lord the Bible says children are a gift do not necessarily disqualify your children based on gender and say this one is not a blessing because of his because of her gender or even because of their financial muscle we only consider the children who bring us uh, <coughs> we consider those ones a blessing they used to be a man who was blessed uh, with eight children and only one of them was financially successful and when he called for a meeting a family meeting the unsuccessful children would always be the first ones to come and he would pass the sitting room saying people have not come yet and, and then when the successful one came he would say now the meeting can start people have come and that was his view of children it's the successful ones that we consider to be a blessing our children are a blessing regardless of how they are faring financially boys blessing we look at the girls we say these children are a blessing those who have money those who have no money we look at them and we say these children are a blessing from the Lord look at your children and even go ahead and verbalize it to them I say that to my wife I say to her so many times she might even grow tired of me saying this to her I look at her and I say you are a gift to me from the Lord and I look at my children and I say the same thing all my children have heard me tell them you are a gift to me from the Lord you are a blessing from the Lord propagation is a gift it's a blessing procreation is a blessing from the Lord 
Adam's beginning was blessed by that Noah's beginning is blessed by that too. The other thing that we notice that characterizes this beginning with Noah that was also there in Adam's beginning is provision. In verse 2 and verse 3 of chapter 9 God says, and the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the, of the earth, on every bird of the air, on all that move on the earth and on the sea and into your hand. Every moving thing, those are animals that leaves, shall be food for you. I have given all these things even as the green herbs. If I was preaching this passage in Kenya, they would shout Amen at verse 3. Because we, we love we love our goat meat. If you are looking for theology, goat eating meat, goat eating theology, you find it in verse three. In verse three, God says that I when I created Adam, I gave Adam vegetation, I gave him vegetables, I gave him to eat from the trees, from from vegetation. But now he explicitly says here that I give you permission to also eat animals. This is the first place in the Bible where we see God saying that explicitly. That we can now start eating meat. And that's God's provision. We love goat meat. You guys love pig here. You love your pork. Americans love their burgers. We enjoy all these things that God has provided for us freely to enjoy. There's provision in this new beginning just like there was provision in that Adam beginning. But what we notice is that just like in the Adam beginning, there's also a prohibition in verse 4. There's a prohibition God says, But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is its blood. In verse 5 it says, Surely for your lifeblood I will demand a reckoning. From the hand of every beast I will require it, and from the hand of man. From the hand of every man's brother, I will require the life of a man. So there's a prohibition here. God says, I give you freedom to eat the animals. But don't eat them with their blood. I used to do a lot of ministry among the Maasai they would have a problem with that verse. They drink blood. God says, butcher animals, don't strangulate them. This, uh, this command here is carried on into the Mosaic law and even into the New Testament. What I want you to see is that there's a prohibition. God draws a line and says, you are free to do this, but don't do this. Here humanity detests prohibitions we hate it when God gives us limits 
hate when God gives us boundaries and everything in us wants to defy the boundaries of God I want to take advantage of this Father's Day to speak to all of us but specifically to speak to our young people. We have a lot of young people in the house this morning. I want to say to you you would better take heed of the prohibitions of God. When God draws lines for you, you would better take heed. Because if you do not, I can promise you, I can predict your future. I am not a prophet. I am not the son of a prophet. But I can predict your future. Thank you. If you are that person who wants to disregard the prohibitions of God. It will not end well with you. It will not end well with you. Young people, I say this to you from the very depths of my soul. Disregard God's prohibitions at your own peril. When God give, when God draws a line and says, do not cross this line. Don't cross it. For your own good. Do not cross it. When God says that, it's because of your welfare. When God says don't do something, he's saying please don't hurt yourself. And when God says do something, he's saying help yourself. Have as much as you want. This is good for you. When God says, this is Father's Day and uh, this is appropriate to say. Because we do not want to have children. We don't have to we don't want to have young men here who go on and start fathering babies that they will not be responsible for. Because God has said in his word do not sleep with a woman who is not your wife. And do not sleep with a man who is not your husband. When you do that when you violate that boundary I promise you it will not end well with you we have seen young people do that in Kenya we led campaigns we led crusades and we were pleading with the young people we were saying please please we, we are asking you to just live by God's design. Some of them would pay attention and things went very well with them. Some of them would reject our appeal. And enough of them we see them. Things did not end well with them. You look at some of those young men. Um, you guys know petroleum jelly like the Vaseline that you apply. These young men, they try to apply Vaseline on their face. You look at them. They can take a whole tin of Vaseline and apply but when you look at them they look like they were hit by a cement bag they, they put that 
petroleum jelly and their skin just sucks it in. They look dry. They cannot oil themselves. They just look dry. Young men who did not heed to the prohibitions of God. I say to us, please be careful. I speak very personally here because I know what is plaguing us. I was raised by a single mother. If it was not for my grandfather stepping in, I would have no father figure in my life. And this, this is replicated all over. I, I hate it when boys give girls babies and then they take off. I've always said to you, 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 you should thank God I am not God. If I was God, because these young men, they go around giving, giving ladies babies, and then, and then the lady, I've always told you, the lady you see her, she, there's, there's a sign and she carries it for nine months. But this young man is just walking the streets. Just, you know, like nobody, nobody knows what he did. I said, if I was God, I would make sure people will know what you did. I would make your fingers swell for nine months. That you would walk around with swollen fingers for nine months. It is so annoying. It is evil. It is wicked. God's prohibition is that you as a man is not allowed to sleep with a woman who is not your wife. And as a woman you're not allowed to sleep with a man who is not your husband. Disregard that prohibition at your own parent. I thought I'd take advantage of this point to just take that home on this Father's Day. But we see in Noah's beginning a prohibition just like there was a prohibition in Adam's beginning. Noah was told don't eat animal with its blood Adam was told don't eat from that tree in the midst of the garden the two new features that we notice are one protection and two promise God is out to protect humanity from itself. The question was asked when we were talking about Kasese here. How wicked, how evil can a man be that you would go to a school and butcher children? Man needs protection from fellow man. And, and God institutes a law here that will ensure there's protection in society. This is the basis that we give for government in society. Verse 6, whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. God had not said that earlier. But he says it in this fresh start. It's on that basis that we find 
governments in society we need an institution that will carry this out and protect man from fellow man if you kill you will be killed so we see in this new beginning with Noah there's something available here that wasn't there in the Adamic beginning a special protection that necessitates government government and then there's a special promise that, that comes from verse number 8 all the way to verse number 17 in verse number 8 then God spoke to Noah and to his, uh, his sons with him saying and as for me behold I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature by every beast of the earth with you of all that goes go out of the I establish my covenant with you never again in verse 11 he gives the promise never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth So, that's a promise that God makes. He promises never to destroy the earth again with a flood. He makes that promise to Noah and everyone who came out of the ark. Now you know there are animals that we wish never made it out of the ark. Just, just this week on Monday, I was sick with malaria. I wish that the mosquito never made it out. Because I was really, really sick. Monday and Tuesday were really hard for me. But God makes a promise. He promises all creation after the, they come out of the ark, he will never destroy the world with floodwaters again. He says this in verse 12. He says, and God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you. For perpetual generations I set my rainbow in the cloud and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all the flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud and I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all the flesh that is on the earth. Kale Nangenajukirangenaganoyangenaganyenzenamwe, to uh, give as a sign of his promise, God put a rainbow uh, in the sky. 
kakati okutuwa akabonero akalage ekisubizo katonda ateka musoke waguru kuchire the rainbow was a sign to remind us of God's promise not to judge humanity again with the flood waters but sadly today our world has adopted the rainbow for something else in in america and it's coming down all the way into africa the month of june is called pride month Pride month is meant to celebrate all the people who are considered minorities in society. Minorities in their sexual orientation. Homosexuals and lesbians. And transgender people, somebody who says I you know a man who says I think I am a woman and he goes and he has surgery to try and change him into a woman or a woman who says I think I am a man and she goes and tries to change herself to be a man so the lesbians and the homosexuals the the transgender the month of june has been set aside to celebrate them and acknowledge them and embrace them do you know what sign they use to represent their movement? Who knows what sign they use? Somebody knows here. It's, they use what? The rainbow. They use the rainbow. Because of its many colors, they say we are all different and so we should embrace one another. They are doing the same things the people in Noah's day were doing for God to send the flood. And they have taken God's sign and they are using their sign for, for, for filthy reasons. The rainbow should not call God to judge us more. It should, it should be God saying, I want to show mercy. We, we are calling homosexuals to repentance. We are calling lesbians to repentance. We are calling transgender people to repentance. We don't hate them. We are just saying they are going against God's word and they will be judged just like Noah's people were judged. Kakati tulimukuita abalibebisia gabo nabachara nabasa God put a sign out. The rainbow was a sign to remind us of his promise. He will not destroy this world again with water. But in the New Testament, there's a promise he will judge this world with fire. God's judgment abounds. Let's move to the second feature, the second theme. The, the second theme is a foolish son. We have looked at the fresh start. We saw three things in the fresh start that were common even with the first beginning with Adam. Propagation, provision, and prohibition. 
We saw two things that were new. There was protection and there was promise that was new. It was not in the first beginning. A day will come and we will look at the Noahic covenant in detail. We don't have time to look at that in detail. The covenant that that is described from verse 18 to from verse 8 to verse 17. The Bible is full of covenants. This is the first place in the Bible where the word covenant is mentioned. The Noahic covenant. After this, there will come another covenant. The Abrahamic covenant. And then there will come the Mosaic covenant. And they will come the Davidic covenant. And then there will come the new covenant. And today we have been saved because of the new covenant. Because this is God's covenant. Covenants that are left for men to to fulfill will never succeed. In the new covenant, God says he is the one who will give you a new heart and put his word in you. I am a new creation because of the new covenant. If you do not know Jesus, the new covenant is being proclaimed to you. You can be saved today and be a new creature. A day will come and as a church we will spend more time in the knowing but for today let's just mention God made a promise and he hung the sign in the sky the the rainbow to remind us of his promise so that is theme number one a fresh start theme number two is a foolish son the child's name is Ham from verse 18 to verse 29 Moses records the foolishness of this son now you notice in verse 18 it says now the sons of Noah who went out of the earth were Shem, Ham and Japheth and Ham was the father of Canaan notice that this order here is, is, is given out of it is against the birth order who knows who the oldest son of Noah was Japheth Japheth was the oldest Uh, and then the middle child was Ham and then the Shem was the last one but we notice here his name comes first why would the Holy Spirit direct Moses to write the last one's name first it's because Moses wants you to start noticing this guy called Shem because God has special plans for this guy called Shem it says the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham and Japheth and then it says here and Ham was the father of Canaan why did why did Moses mention that again he says this in verse 22 look at verse 22 again and Ham the father of Canaan two times 
There's a reason why. But anyway, I want you to take note of this uh, passage that we have read. Because of time, we will fly over it. So, so Noah gets drunk. He comes out of the ark, he becomes a farmer, he grows a vineyard, and then from the vineyard, he harvests some grapes, he gets to drink some wine from the grapes he, he, he harvested, and then he gets drunk. And when Noah got drunk, the Bible speaks very strongly against the sin of drunkenness. It says drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God. And we cannot speak against drunkenness enough. When, when alcohol intoxicates you and and, and, and alters reality for you. It, it, makes, it, it, it makes a slave out of you. You know, just uh, a few years ago in Kenya where they went and they were drinking and uh, because that alcohol, the local brew is not checked for quality, uh, what happened was all the guys who were in that room you know, like we're talking about over a hundred people. They went blind. They did not even realize what was happening to them. When the cameras went into that room, they were saying, even if you switch off the lights, we will drink. They didn't realize they had gone blind. They thought somebody switched off the lights. You see, you see, alcohol has a way of taking you up and making you a slave. It's a slavery. Now this uh, Noah got drunk. He removed his clothes. And the Bible says he was naked. And then then he passes out. He blacks out. And then the Bible says that uh, uh, Ham, one of his sons, this one is the one we are identifying as the foolish son. He walks into the tent where Noah was and he sees his father naked. Now when he saw his father naked, he had, he had uh, two things possibly that he could do. The first thing is he could come. See, that's not what he chose to do. The Bible says he leaves the tent and he goes to Japheth and he goes to uh, Shem and he tells them about his father's shame. It's, it's, it's quite clear, we don't have the, the time, but it's quite clear that Ham had a plan. He wanted to disgrace his father. He wanted to shame his father. In so doing, he wanted to usurp his father's authority. We see this happening a lot in the in the animal world. Like lions, sons will grow up and they will beat their father into subjection and chase their father out. Ham is trying to overthrow his father and take up his phone. 
A son like that is a foolish son. Is a disgrace. Now, now the Bible, do you know what the Bible says should happen to a child like like that? The Bible says that child should be stoned to death. In the book of Leviticus and in the book of Exodus, the Bible says a child like that who disgraces his father should be stoned to death. Even in the in the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, the Bible says, Obey your father and your mother it says you honor your father and your mother so that you may have long days on the earth you know why it says so that you may have long days you will not be stoned if you dishonor your parents you will be stoned to death that was God's direction and so your life will be cut short so when he goes to Japheth and he goes to Shem and says, This is what I have said. Come and see, come and see. You know, come, let's, you know, it's almost like saying, Come, I, I just want to make a fool out of my father. I want to expose his shame. You don't do that as a son. That's why we have Father's Day. We don't disgrace our father. Others, we honor our father. And if there be any one of us here who has your father alive, your father is alive, and 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 you are not showing him honor, my friend, you are asking for trouble. Honor your father. Do not disgrace your father. But Ham wants to disgrace Noah. The nakedness, the shame of my father. What do Japheth and, uh, and Shem do? Do, do they join in this foolishness? The Bible says they take coverings and they walk backwards so that they don't see their father. And then they cover their father. They did not even look upon him. That reason some blessings and some curses were given look with me in verse 25 it says then he said this is Noah when he woke up from his stupor he wakes up and he realizes what uh, Ham had done and so he, he, he says this in response verse 25 Verse 25, he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants he shall be to his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and may he dwell in the tents of Shem, and, and may Canaan be his servant. Now I am the preaching professor here at STC. Uh, and I teach my students to be slaves of the text. Don't, don't say things the text is not saying. The text will limit you that you are a slave of the text. Now in verse 25, when Noah pronounces a curse, 
Who does Noah curse? Noah akoli mirani. He curses who? Akoli mirani mu rwabi mwe cyane. He curses Canaan. Akoli mirakanani. He doesn't curse him. Now it's obvious that uh, in in God's economy Noah is giving a prophecy here. Kakati bo watu nulide mumbere ne ya Bible nuwa gezako okuwa okutira oba awechi obunabi. Now Noah had uh, him had four sons. Kama ono yaina abatabani bana. How many sons? Abana ameka. He 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 had Canaan was one of his sons it was actually his last born. He had Mizraim or Egypt. Mizraim Kush and Put Neputi. And then Canaan was last born. Canaan was the father of the Canaanites. That is why I insisted we need to read chapter 10 in its entirety. Look at chapter 10 verse 15. Chapter 10 verse 15. It says Canaan begot Sidon his firstborn and Heth the Jebusite and the Amorite and the Girgashite and the Hivite and the Arkite and the Sinite and the Arvadite and the Zemorite and the Hamathite afterward the families of the Canaanites were dispersed Kakati agamba bali mu 15 Kanani Nazara Zidoni umberi eberiewe nekesi nomuyebusi nomwamori nomujirugasi nomukivi nomwalachi Nomusini nomuwaluvada nomzemali nomukamasi nebika ebyomukanani nebidirira abo okubuna Canaan was the father of the Canaanites Kanani yalitata wabakanani and Noah pronounces a curse era and he says the Canaanites will be subdued by Shemites and Jephthites akati agena maso nagamanti abakanani banu bagenda bera badu bayafesi no for a long time it was assumed because the children of ham kakati abana bakam the canaanites were part of the descendants of ham abakanani ba oyizo gamba bali bavva mulunyirirwa kam but the other children were which and then mizraim which is egypt and then kush anything south of that netulaba puti na bali bavva mu misiri awo bona bali bagwa wansi wakam these are africans Banobafirika these are africans banobafirika and mostly kush nadalakusi represents africans alagira dalabafirika now we do not see noah cursing africans wabula tetula banu wanga akolimira abafirika noah does not curse kush uh, noah takolimira kusi noah does not curse put Nuwa takolimira puti. Noah does not cast Mizraim. Ah nuwa takolimira Mizraim. Noah casts Canaan. Wabula akolimira Kanani. In other words, it's the Canaanites that Noah curses. Chechitegeza anti bakanani nuwa bakolimira. And he says the Shemites one day will subdue the Canaanites. Erage na mazo nagama anti abasemu bajja kuberanga bafuga bakanani. Now we don't have time to go into the details of why Noah cursed the son not the father because here Ham is the one who does the sin. Kaja tuina bude genda munsonga lwachi nuwa bela kolimira abana abula na kolimira ate nata kolimira kam. All I can say is be careful the things you do will affect your children. Chenge chenyinzo kuumba umba nembala bulanti muberebe gendeza ebintu byonabye mukola binzo kuberanga This is Father's Day be careful the sin of Ham had an influence on the destiny of Canaan Kuruna kuruno olwabatata mubere nentegera eno bweti nti bobo tunulide ebibibya kamu byaina byakosa abakanani be very careful as a father bera mwegendeza gwenga tata your sin will not be imputed on the son but your sin will influence your children echibicho chinzo butaterebwa kubana wabula chinzo kubera ngachikosa abana mumbere mobenda be very careful bera mwegendereza i just want to wrap this up in, uh, and, and look at uh, the third theme the last and in five minutes will be done katutunulire omulamu ogusemba yo mudachi kantono nyo tuberenga tumaliriza a fresh start 
chapter 9 verse 1 to 17 a foolish son chapter 9 verse 18-29 and a family driven subjugation chapter 10 verse 1 through 32. This chapter is out of place. We call it anachronistic. It's out of place. It should come after chapter 11. But it comes here because God wants you to understand how these families go out and conquer new lands. Why did God give us all these names? You know, there was a friend of mine who we, we, we were told that you can read the whole Bible in 71 hours. If you sit down, pulpit speed, and read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you can finish in 71 hours. That friend of mine said that's a lie unless you remove Genesis 10. His name will you can take 71 hours in God is saying this. He knows all people of the earth by name. He takes an account of them. He cares about them and he has a plan for them. This, this chapter will set apart the, the Shemites. From from Shem here there came 26 nations from Ham there came 30 nations Japheth, from Japheth there came 14 nations when you look at this chapter 70 nations God had Moses list this nation one by one by one God knows all the nations of the world he cares about all the nations of the world and he is calling all the nations of the world to repentance what will catch your attention from verse 9 the guy called was a Kushite he was a son of Cush. Meaning it's Cush. Cush. A lot of Africans come from the lineage of the, the, the descent from Cush. It is Nimrod who founded Nineveh. Where else in the Bible do we see Nineveh? Jonah. Jonah was a Hebrew. He was a Shemite. Or we call them Semites nowadays. A Shemite was called by God, sent to Nineveh, the land of Cushites, to proclaim repentance. I pray that as you read this uh, genealogies given here your heart will be awakened because God has an interest with all people groups and he takes note of each and every one of them and accounts for them and if a Shemite can go to preach to here are Japhethites. All the guys from Europe and America, they, they descend from Japheth. 
It says in Revelation 4 and 5 that around the throne of God and around the throne of the Lamb there will be gathered a multitude from every nation and every tongue and every tribe and they will worship around the throne of Jesus. They will confess His holiness crying out holy, holy, holy saying you are worthy O Lamb of God who was slain from before the foundation of the earth was laid. That's why we have that table of nations in chapter 10. These families, they went out and they conquered new lands and they settled all over the world. And God has an agenda that repentance will be proclaimed to all these nations. one day he will gather them all. And they will sing of his holiness. They will testify to his character. They will rejoice in his salvation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you will continue to instruct our hearts. That you will continue to help us see your plan and your program. On this Father's Day, remember every father gathered here. That our foolishness will not put our descendants into trouble. We look forward, O Lord. Today, to the day when all nations will be gathered around you. We see these 70 families spread in, in chapter 10 of Genesis. But one day you will gather them all to worship around your throne. And they will sing of your holiness. We are nothing but weak creatures. You are the creator who made us. And you made all these nations to worship you. Help us to do that even now. In Jesus name.